Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. And for all my peeps here in New York City, I hope uh, the flooding last night didn't uh, strand you in the subways or or cause too much of a trouble. Uh, Yesterday, I just stayed inside all day. I didn't have to go anywhere. Um, But the the rain was really pounding against the windows here, um, going sideways. Like, you know, usually when it rains here, even when it rains hard, the rain's mostly going down. But when you live in an apartment building like I do on one of the upper floors uh, yesterday, the wind was just blowing it every which way I had all the windows closed and it was beating against the windows uh, quite, quite severely. And of course, you know, our hearts goes out to the, there are just so many places in the world where there's trouble right now in Afghanistan and Louisiana um, and, and other places around the world as well. It just feels like uh, there seems to be always something going on somewhere in the world. So I, I just send out my prayers to all around the world and, and not just one specific place because people are suffering everywhere. Um, I hope you had a chance to catch last week's show. It was a great show and uh, a fun one um, with uh, uh, Steve Litwer all around the music between us. Um, wonderful story of how he played music for uh, people in hospice and uh, highly recommend you, you check that one out if you happen to miss it. Um, this week, 
I've got another wonderful show in store for you. But first, we have, of course, a little reading from my book, Everyday Awakening, uh, which, as you know, came out last November and has done really well. And I really appreciate all the um, wonderful reviews I've gotten on Amazon and everything people have been saying about it. Um, people seem to really like it. And so I'm continuing uh, to uh, read a little section for each guest uh, for each show that we do. And so this section today, I, I have to preface this all by saying this was written before the pandemic, okay? Like, you know, this was taken from my blog over the last, you know, six, seven years. So this one was written a while ago. Um, so you may have to think back to the day and, and understand uh, where this one comes from. But this one is entitled, Slowing Down May Be the Fastest Way to Get Where We're Going. You see it everywhere. People are rushing from one place to the next, rushing to get their projects done, rushing to go home, go away, go get their coffee. We rush because we think that's the fastest way to get something done. Yet when we rush all the time, we miss things. We miss the little details that make all the difference. We miss the birds chirping as we walk on the train, as we walk to the train. We miss the error in the program as we rush to finish the app. We miss the look in our partner's face as we rush out the door to get to work. Sometimes, perhaps even most times, by slowing down, we are actually going the fastest way. By slowing down, we can take in more. By slowing down, we can be more present. By slowing down, we can feel more of what is going on inside and outside of us. When we take the time to really look at what is going on, either at work, at home, or anywhere in between, we can often find a better, simpler, more direct way to achieve what we are looking for. The idea may be counterintuitive, yet it still works. Even taking the time to ask, what am I trying to achieve, can slow us down and help to remind us what it is we are really after. Did we slow down enough to read the entire article? Did we slow down enough to see the smile on our lover's lips? Did we slow down enough to see the potential hazard on the road? Speed does not equal the shortest distance. Taking our time is sometimes the fastest way to get where we are going. Or perhaps it is just about recognizing that we are already there. Where in your life can you slow down to speed up? So this article was written, I don't know, maybe a, a couple of years before the pandemic hit. And, and it really kind of I wrote it from a place of in my own life and in seeing the life of people around me how much we were rushing here and there and I, I kept before the pandemic I kept hearing people saying oh the world's moving so fast I just want to, things to slow down to stop and I thought about how much we we rush through things and then we make a mistake and then we have to go back and, and fix it or, or, or we miss a turn. So then we have to turn around and go back. 
because we're we're so focused on rushing and getting to where we got to go instead of just being present and taking our time with it. And indeed, uh, for myself, my nervous system doesn't respond to things really quick. I'm I, I'm, I can be mentally sharp, but I'm not necessarily the fastest guy out there. I'd like to take my time with something. And I find that when I take my time, I actually do a better job. And that when I take my time, I actually catch things that I normally would miss. And of course, sometimes we're on a deadline and for one reason or another, we have to get things done by a certain time and there's just so much to do. So we do rush a little bit. We do push to go a little bit faster. But again, I always use this caveat that it's all in moderation. It's okay to rush sometimes, but not to live in a perpetual state of rushing around. It just doesn't serve us. It doesn't help us. And I'm sure if you just think about your own life and think about, you know, what you've done and, and uh, you know, when have you rushed and, and, and how it um, didn't serve you, how you missed things, how you missed that turn and you had to turn around and go back and it actually took you longer to drive someplace. I have a sneaking suspicion that's what happened. I have a feeling I was driving somewhere. I rented a car and I think I was driving upstate or something and I was rushing to get to where we were going. And because I was rushing, I missed the exit on the highway. So I had to go like an extra five, 10 miles, turn around, come back and then get off the highway. And so then I, that I think is what the, 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 the germination of the seed for this passage was all about. So really, and, and I think these last year and a half has been a big, big lesson in slowing down. And it was so funny because I remember at the beginning of the pandemic talking to a couple of different friends and they're saying, you know, a few months ago, I was just like, ah, the world's moving too fast. I want things to slow down. And they were like, but I didn't mean like this. <laughs> and I just thought it was so funny that like so many people I know were like, oh, I need things to slow down. It's too crazy. And then we just halted and everyone's like, well, wait, wait, wait a minute. Why, why are we completely stopping? <laughs> um, so, you know, it was just a case of be careful what you wish for <laughs> because um, things do actually come to us. So again, I'm, I'm not, I don't believe in being fanatical about anything. So it's not about slowing down all the time, but just asking the question in the moment when you feel yourself rushing through to something, rushing through something, rushing to get somewhere, rushing to do something, to just ask the question, am I rushing unnecessarily? Do I need to move through this so quickly? What if I just slow down and take my time a little bit? Would that serve me in this particular situation? I'm sure sometimes the answer will be no, and sometimes the answer will be yes. The key is to be more mindful of our pace. And the more mindful we are of our pace, the more appropriate a pace we will find given the situation and where we're at and what we're doing. So 
uh, a wonderful little section from my book, Everyday Awakening. I, I hope you enjoyed it. I, I really like this book and uh, uh, I like this section of the book, I should say. And um, it's a good reminder for me sometimes because sometimes I can get caught up like everyone else. And again, if you like it and you'd like to uh, get the book, it's in all the major booksellers. You can find it on Amazon. You just go to www.everydayawakeningbook.com and that'll take you right to the listing on Amazon. And if you like to go to small independent bookstores, just ask them to order it for you. Um, Just give them Everyday Awakening in my name and they should be able to find it because we're in a major distributor. So you can get it just about anywhere. Uh, Wonderful. So uh, thank you for indulging me on that. And so now it is my pleasure to welcome to the show an earth tender and portal keeper, Amy Dempster. Amy helps in understanding the healing power of the earth. What began as openly sharing her spiritual journey on her popular blog, Following Hawks, has become a resource for others wanting to learn how to communicate with nature and share their own unique healing gifts with the earth. Together with the spirits of the land in the mountains of Northwest Montana, she tends seven portals on the land where she lives. And we'll get into exactly what that means, along with any grid keeping work she is assigned. She also leads the Earth Tenders Academy, an immersive online journey to help others reestablish their connection with their ancient ancestors, learn to communicate with the seen and unseen forces in their environment, and respectfully offer their healing energy to places in need. Amy is also host of her own podcast, The Earth Keepers. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Amy. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Sam. I'm excited for our chat. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this. Um, we have a break coming up, but before we do, I would just love to hear a little bit about um, uh, sort of what brought you to this awareness like were you always a sensitive child were you always somebody who could like feel the energy of the land around you or was this something that sort of developed a little bit later in life or maybe was there a specific incident that sort of brought it into focus for you or brought it into your awareness Yeah, well, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I grew up on a farm and so I spent a lot of time outside and uh, with nature and with the trees and I I loved that uh, as a child, but I don't have a lot of conscious memories of uh, you know, talking to the trees or animals or those types of things as a child. So it, it really um, kind of grew and, and was cultivated much more so um, as an adult and, you know, as I, after, after years of working in, you know, kind of a downtown city, big environment and just feeling pulled back and back and back to nature. Um, and I noticed that the trees started talking to me and communicating with me. And as that was happening, really, it just, it led me to ask a lot more questions and, and brought me on this journey. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. I remember as a kid, like I used to love, we had, I I grew up in the Bronx, um, but we had some summer property uh, outside of Peekskill, New York, a little bit upstate. It was kind of at the time a rural area. Now it's completely suburban, but I used to love as a little kid to like climb the the crab apple tree that was right in front of our bungalow. And uh, to me, like trees were always our friends. Um, uh, But it was interesting because I became very much a city person uh, uh, as I got older 
and, and it was just, I got so used to being in the middle of Manhattan, you know, the biggest, one of the biggest cities, <laughs> metropolitan areas in, in the world. But then all of a sudden, I don't remember how long ago, but it was probably like 15 years ago. Uh, I, I started to like thirst for more being just in nature, being close to nature a little bit more. And I'm, I'm still a city person. I, I fully admit it. I am a completely spoiled New Yorker. Um, I love I love being in the city. And I also love being in, in very rural, very natural environments. And that's one of the things I love about traveling is seeing the natural beauty and natural wonders of the world. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so funny. And I, I love New York. I've been there many times and, and I love everything about it for about four days. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's like sensory overload and I can't take it anymore, but (laughs) it's a a great place to be. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. So we're going to go to a quick break. And when we come back, let's start uh, talking about, you know, what got you on your spiritual path, um, how you started uh, following Hawks, you know, what, why is it called following Hawks? And, and let, let's just kind of take people a little bit through your evolution. Okay. Sounds good. Awesome. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern time right here on talkradio.nyc. And we're all over Facebook Live, uh, uh, streaming live right now out into my Inspired Thoughts page on Facebook. Please feel free to comment, uh, ask questions, and we will be right back after these messages. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking this hour with Amy Dempster, uh, uh, um, I guess, author of the blog, Following Hawk. So, Amy, I'm curious, like, what got you started on your spiritual path? Was it something that was sort of a, a gradual outgrowth of growing up on a farm in, in, in the, the Midwest? Or was, it, was there something specific that happened that made you, like, open your eyes and go, oh, yeah, it, I mean, it was a it was a slow progression over many years that kind of punctuated with some uh, very specific uh, events. But you know, at some point, and and I don't know why or kind of where it came from, I um, got interested in meditation and and started meditating and kind of having um, that experience. But it wasn't uh, any deeper or connected to anything specific, um, and it. it around 2008, I think it was, um, I started having these unusual interactions with hawks. And it was interesting because certainly hawks had been, you know, I I saw them all all the time. It wasn't unusual that they were around or I saw them while I was driving or, um, you know, sitting on a post or or whatnot, I think like like most of us do. But over a, a short period of time, a couple of months, I started having a whole bunch of very close encounters where they would fly, you know, right up to me and, and land on a branch, you know, next to me while I was walking or, wow. um, you know, come up and, and kind of almost like tap on my window and, you know, and then sit on the fence right outside until I noticed them or, you know, just um, kind of kept building. And it got to the point that I had to start asking questions. Like, why is this happening? It seems like they're trying to send me a message. You know, what is it? Is this a, a, a family member that's passed away that's trying to communicate with me? Or is there, you know, some urgent message that I'm missing? Like what's happening? And so really, um, it was, you know, there wasn't a specific answer about the Hawks other than it was really meant to um, kind of draw me deeper and pull me onto this um, path and really um, noticing and paying attention to what was happening all around me in nature. Mm-hmm. And so um, even, you know, it's so funny now, like 2008, I guess in my brain doesn't seem like that long ago, <laughs> but even yeah. then, uh, you know, it wasn't. There, there just wasn't as much information and resources as there is today to um, kind of find out what's happening, what is this, what's going on. And so as time went by, you know, I kind of find a book here or there, or, you know, some information here or there, but, but nothing really, um, you know, that really helped me significantly kind of understand this. And after a number of years, I really kind of received a a deeper message to um, move where there was pine trees and water. And so um, in pretty short order, actually, uh, just all the pieces fell into place. And um, my husband and I moved from uh, Northern California to um, Northwest Montana, where we live now. And so definitely surrounded by pine trees and water. And um, in kind of those initial months after making that move, I would be out in my neighborhood you know, out on walks. And I suddenly started realizing that I was, um, I usually kind of say it like, you know, there were ideas in my head that I didn't put there or things that, you know, Mm. it was, it sounds like yourself, right? It sounds like you're just talking to yourself, except I wasn't. And so um, it took me a little time to figure out that was the trees and it was the trees communicating with me and and, Uh um, sending me messages. And so that really took me another layer deeper into 
okay, if this is real and they can communicate with me, um, can I communicate back? And what kind of messages, really... what kind of messages were they giving you? Well, what's really interesting, and I find I hear this from a lot of people too, is that um, initially they were asking me to pick up trash while I was out walking. Uh, And uh, that was kind of a a regular thing. It's almost like, um, I don't want to call it a test, you know, but they're they're just almost like more like uh, testing a microphone. Like, is this thing on? Can anyone hear me? (laughs) Like, they're just checking in, like, uh, if you're getting the message. And so it was really funny because I started carrying a bag with me while I was walking so that I could pick up trash. And anytime I would, you know, really kind of go to great lengths to scamper down an embankment and pick up a can or, you know, something like that. I would turn around and there would be like a feather right in my path where I'm like, that wasn't, I walked right down the same path and that wasn't there one minute ago. And so um, it really kind of became a partnership. And on the days that I would forget a bag and I would kind of get on my walk and then say, oh, I forgot a bag. Sorry, not, you know, not today. And I would go 10 or 15 feet and there would be a bag on the side of the road that, you know, Mm. uh, I could pick up and and collect trash in. So that was really how it kind of started. Those were, those were the initial messages that, that they were sending. Gotcha. Gotcha. It kind of makes sense. You know, it's like, Hey, why don't you clean up the environment a little bit? It'll help everybody. (laughs) You have some arms and legs and we don't. So if you can help us out. It would make our life better. <laughs> and, and so then when did you, when did this turn from something that was just a, sort of a curiosity into your life into something that really took over more of, of your time and really your attention and you started like, oh, like I should share this with people and I should tell people about it because having an experience is one thing. Telling people about it is much, much scarier. <laughs> Yeah, it took me about a year um, of kind of saying, I'm not going to tell anyone about this for sure. Nobody needs to know about this Um, to I kind of came around. I had a friend that was really kind of prompting me and prodding me that that I did talk to about it. It was saying, you need to share, share about this. You need to write about this. And I was like, well, I definitely don't want anyone to Google me and find out that, you know, I'm talking to trees. Mm -hmm. And so initially I had just started a a very anonymous Tumblr account um, just and more than anything to kind of keep track for myself because I was starting to have more and more and more experiences that I just thought, I just want to start connecting the dots and seeing if I can put some of this information together. And um, so, you know, maybe this would be a nice way to you know, connect the dots and share it. And so um, because it was very anonymous, I, I just needed a name for it. And I thought following Hawks, since the Hawks were really the ones that uh, initiated this journey. Um, and it kind of felt like I was following them around um, and following their messages was was what I had put on my uh, Tumblr account. And then it was probably another year later before I said, all right, I'm going to turn this into a blog. I'm going to put my name on it, <laughs> put my photo okay. on it, and uh, things went from there. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yeah, as I mentioned to you b- before the show, like hawks also have a very special place in my heart because I, I see the red tail hawks flying around because I'm right near Central Park in New York City. And, you know, you don't often think of seeing so many wild animals in New York City, but if you just pay attention, there's plenty around. And uh, I remember years ago, because I've been living in Manhattan a long time now, uh, but I remember years ago, uh, uh, it just happened upon in Central Park, they were doing a raptor 
ex, uh, exhibit. Like there was the, the, some some uh, bird organization that had hawks and owls and like all of these birds in the middle of Central Park in the Great Lawn. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. And uh, it, w- it was quite a while ago, but I really enjoyed it. And then I learned it was something they did like every summer, which I don't know, it hasn't happened for a while. But it's really the the large birds of prey there's just something about them hawks peregrine falcons uh, uh as i mentioned to you i've seen eagles uh that there's something almost majestic about them isn't there it really does capture our imagination and um inspire us you know i mean the birds i believe that birds in general are really um, a part of our collective awakening and they're here to um, kind of engage and um, you know instill this feeling of awe that maybe we've lost in um, some of our our day-to-day life and you know I get people a lot that reach out to me that say well I live in a big city or an apartment building you know I there's there isn't a way for me to connect with nature in the same way and the reality is no matter where you live you know there's there's land underneath you even if you're 30 stories uh, up and there is absolutely nature if you look and uh, and there's a lot going on you know the tree that's in the sidewalk that's surrounded by (laughs) concrete uh, still very much has an opinion and a personality and would like happily interact with you if you wanted to interact with it (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely actually i I saw this this uh past uh, spring they started putting up signs in central park on certain trees it's okay to hug me oh Uh, i love that (laughs) but but i I just felt like the trees they picked to hug weren't like very good huggable trees a little bit too big you know like that over there like that tree is a huggable tree this one then not so much um absolutely I'm, I'm curious did you ever look up sort of the spiritual meaning of the hawk or the symbolism behind hawk yeah, I mean, yes, <laughs> many times and kind of trying to, to figure things out. And, and certainly, I think the kind of general idea of Hawk is, you know, that they're really seeing things from a higher perspective and can kind of, right. uh, you know, see the big picture and, and see what's going on um, from their from their vantage point. And so, you know, maybe that was that was some of what I was being guided to do as well to kind of pull mm. back, look, look from another perspective and um, yeah, now, now I, you know, really just see them when I see them. I, of course, I always acknowledge them and say hello. And, um, but just kind of acknowledge I'm, I'm headed the right way. I'm on the yeah. right path. Just keep going. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, it, and it's been so fascinating in New York City during the pandemic, like watching birds became a whole big thing here that there was, uh, uh, there was one barred owl um, first at like a year ago. And then there was another barred owl. And then it was like sitting in this uh, pine tree uh, just near the boathouse in Central Park. Um, My wife saw it a few times. We went together, saw it a few times. I took a friend to see it. Um, But it was amazing. Like you go and there'd be so many people standing around looking up at it. (laughs) And, And it's like you know this new york city people don't go looking to looking for <laughs> owls in the middle of new york city and then last winter there was a snowy owl spotted in, oh. in central park many times and we actually went out at night trying to to see it we never saw it live but one night we went out and we saw uh, like these three guys and one guy had this camera with this really huge lens and so we went up to him and asked him, hey, did you see the snowy owl? And he goes, oh, yeah, I've seen it many times. And he takes out his phone and he shows us a whole bunch of pictures he took of it. And oh, my God, what a beautiful creature the snowy owl oh, yeah. is. Really yeah. amazing. 
Yeah, it's really, I mean, I think it's a really good example. And that's, you know, probably what the, the birds in the city are, are kind of showing everybody as well is, you know, how there's this whole world that's happening. You know, we, we think it's us, right? That, that um, you know, we're the ones that have created this whole world and, and everything around. And we're the ones doing interesting things. Yes, <laughs> and, yes. you know, when you really just stop to pay attention, you can see what's really happening all around you all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, it's time for us to take our next commercial break. When we come back, I want to talk about you being an earth tender and portal keeper and what exactly that means. What is a portal? And and what does it mean to tend the earth? And and what is this training that you do to teach others to do the same? Okay, absolutely. Wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking this hour with Amy Dempster of Following Hawks, and we will be right back after this. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you a cannabis enthusiast, a cannabis professional, or interested in entering the cannabis space? I'm Johnny Tsunami, and this is Planet Baco Lolo, a less taboo view. On our show, we will discuss the cannabis world through the perspective of various cannabis professionals. Tune in every Thursday evening, Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m., Talk Radio NYC, Planet Baco Lolo, a less taboo view. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. So, Amy, uh, it says in your bio you're an earth tender and portal keeper. What exactly does that mean? What, what, <laughs> first of all, what's a portal? What's an earth portal? 
Yeah, there are so many energies within the earth, you know, the earth is an electromagnetic being just like we are, um, really. And so uh, a portal is really where um, there's, there's a couple of kind of different ways that it can occur. But um, most famously, uh, it's discussed as a place where um, two energy lines intersect and really create, you know, kind of an additional um, whirling <laughs> spot of energy. And so you may have gone to a, uh, a tourist attraction uh, vortex at some point in your right, life. Right, like in Sedona, <laughs> in Sedona, they, they have, quote unquote, the vortexes of energy in Sedona. Exactly, like exactly. Yeah, places where it's much more heightened like that. And so, you know, I kind of, um, I like to describe the difference between a portal and a vortex like, uh, you know, a vortex is the highway and the portal is the exit, right? So a portal just uh. is a door. It has a door um, for energies to come and go. And the reality is, is that, um, you know, time is a lot more flexible and fluid than we've been led to believe as, you know, here living on earth, we live a very linear, um, you know, timeline there's morning mm. there's afternoon and there's evening but really it's a lot more flexible than that and so uh when you uh put your consciousness into a portal uh into a vortex and travel you really are kind of uh shifting your consciousness into other timelines other space and time and so um there are other people other beings other energies that are also using that to do the same and um, will come and go through portals. And so, you know, I think a lot of us are probably more familiar with portals as being, you know, uh, uh, something you might find in a creepy basement or, <laughs> you know, I always say, why are they always in closets? I don't understand. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> always in somebody's closet. Um, but right. really, they're just... Um, you know, they're, they're tuned to a frequency, just like a radio station. And so um, depending on the frequency that they are tuned to um, depends on the types of energies that can use them. And so, uh, you know, and, and how some did of you, them are, go ahead. How did you first discover the portals on your property? Yeah, so really, um, it was a process over time. So when I first moved to this um, land that we live on, there was a spot that kind of it kept showing itself to me, like if I was in meditation, I would get a picture of this location. Um, but there wasn't a lot of information. And so for probably two years, I would, you know, get this picture, and then I'd walk, I knew where it was, I'd walk out there and kind of stand there and go, okay, <laughs> what, what, <laughs> what do you want to tell me? Uh, and, and really what I, you know, learned over time is that like the energies were kind of settling in and calibrating. And I was doing a lot of energy work there to kind of prepare, um, unbeknownst to me for, um, these portals to, uh, be able to be in that, in the right frequency. And so, um, really I just started getting messages in, in meditation and in my shamanic journeys that, um, ultimately that there is a portal there and we'd like you to open it. <laughs> so initially I'm like, well, whoa, I don't know. <laughs> that sounds scary. I'm not sure. I want to like be, what's uh, going to come through once I open exactly. it. <laughs> what, what is going to happen? Maybe I'm not qualified for this. <laughs> um, and so but they want the, the energies um, that are present there uh, walked me through it and um, really um, 
you know, there were certain crystals that were needed to help, help hold the vibration and, um, you know, some, uh, a specific ceremony to kind of initially open the energies and took some time to kind of balance everything out. So, yeah. So it sounds like all of this came to you very intuitively. I mean, did you ever like, I don't know, find any books about this or study with anybody or, or was, are you mostly self-taught when it came to this stuff? Yeah, with the portals, a lot of it, I mean, I have uh, looked a handful of things up online or come across, you know, bits and pieces here and there, but most of it is coming directly um, through my higher self, through spirit, and, you know, this is, again, some of these things that I've had to learn in working with, you know, you kind of, you kind of reach this point where you um, have no choice but to understand the multidimensionality (laughs) of Mm. ourselves and our souls and the universe in order to understand how um, even a lot of this is working and and that's really what I've learned is that there are other fragments of me other fragments of my soul that are doing this work in other timelines and other dimensions and so I do know how to do this but uh you know these uh, I'm helping myself <laughs> uh, yeah, understand how to do it <laughs> there was someone I used to study with years ago and he uh had us uh, read this book called the earth chakras Mm-hmm. That talked all about, you know, the ley lines of, you know, the energy lines in planet Earth and 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 how it was actually measured and the Schumann resonance and mm-hmm. like all these things. Like for those of you listening who don't really know that much about this stuff, like there is actual real physical evidence that this stuff oh, is absolutely. real. Yeah, like they can actually sure. measure the frequencies <laughs> and and, yeah. and it's interesting because there there have been times, not a lot, I'm not super attuned, super but but there are times when I've been on different property where I could just feel where there was an energy line going through. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I found interesting, it's like when I found it, and if I looked in a certain direction, you could see there was literally a straight line of trees moving in one direction where I felt there was the ley line. And they were like three feet apart, five feet apart, 12 feet apart, 20 feet apart. You know, they, they were at different distances, but, but it was like, Oh my God, it's like, there's a straight line here. It was so uh, interesting just to see things that way. Yeah, it, it's fascinating. And certainly I was the same thing with the portals. I realized once I was kind of shown where they were, I realized each location on the property there, the area was clear, you know, I'm at, I live in a forest and it's, you know, trees every <laughs> three ah. feet uh, in every direction, but these were very specific, clear circular areas where the energy, you know, was moving. And so oh, major interesting. Response they, were, to that. they were all circular. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and I also remember, you know, when I first was reading about ley lines, how um, the person who discovered it, I forget his name now, where he looked at a map in England, it was a a British fellow, we looked at a map of England, huh? Alfred Watkins. Yeah. Yes, Watkins, that's it. (laughs) And, And he looked at where there were like all of these like ancient, uh, sacred sites, and they were hundreds of miles apart and they were in perfect straight lines yeah. and that he was able to like, you know, determine this sort of energy grid around England from these straight lines. And that was sort of the beginning of, of this modern understanding. There was an ancient understanding of this years ago that, you know, like Stonehenge is the most famous you know, place that's like an exactly. energy vortex, but they're all around us. Um, we just got a couple of minutes before our next break, but what does it mean to be an earth tender? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's not, um, you know, a formal term. <laughs> it's really uh, just 
um, kind of what I call people and call myself as well, like people who are just really interested in um, caring for the earth and um, kind of knowing what's going on around us. And, you know, to connect back with those ancient ley lines and, and you know, modern people have spent a lot of years trying to debunk what the ancients were doing. But, um, you know, we have separated ourselves so much from the earth. We wear rubber soled shoes. We sleep on beds that are lifted off the floor. You know, we, we, we don't interact with the, um, with the electromagnetic frequency of the earth in a way that ancient people did. And so, of course, they knew they could feel where the energy um, on, on the land was strongest and, and was concentrated. And they used those for navigation and for, um, you know, communing with the divine. That was, that was what they did. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it reminds me when you talk about walking on the earth, uh, there was a film I saw years ago called Earthing. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've seen see it. it? Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, about the, awesome. this gentleman up in Alaska, people were like getting sick and, and the, he learned about earthing and he had people like, you know, basically bury themselves in the earth or like lie on the ground and how when we connect to the physical earth, how much it, it heals us, how much it supports better health for us, how much there is and, and, and like there's... I mean, I don't know if they've done scientific studies, but there is tons and tons and tons of anecdotal uh, evidence about how much it it can help us. Um, and this is true whether we live in the country or live in the city, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And um, there's been lots of studies done on this. And this is what's so interesting because it is scientific. It is. It's not, you know, it might sound a little, you know, out there, but it's just because we don't talk about it on a regular basis or we're not encouraged to do it. But, you know, the Schumann resonance, which you mentioned, is just the natural vibration of the earth. And it is very healing to our bodies. It's what um, naturally will heal us. And so what's one of the really interesting studies that was done is that um, somebody measured the frequency of people who were doing um, like hands-on healing work. So but mm. Reiki or shamanic healing, or, you know, it was all different types of um, energy healing. And it turned out that the, the frequency of all of those um, healing techniques were all at the same frequency as the earth. And so when you're receiving healing and, and doing all, you know, doing those kinds of sessions, you're, it's the same vibration as if you just take your shoes off and go outside yeah. <laughs> and your body just instantly makes that connection. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. 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 I, I forgot about that. I'd heard that a long time ago, but I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's time for us to take one more commercial break before we finish up, but I really want to come back and talk about why is it important to be more aware of this stuff now? Um, Because I have my own uh, imagination or my own uh, uh, thoughts around this, but I'd love to hear yours. And uh, and then we'll finish up and and have you uh, let people know how to find you, okay? Sounds great. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on talkradio.nyc and on Facebook Live. And we will be right back with Amy Dempster right after this. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day. And it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. 
uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 5, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. So, Amy, I recently, a few weeks ago, uh, during a meditation, kind of got this vision. I was upstate with my wife, and I had this vision of lightning coming down and striking the ocean. And then I was looking at the ocean and seeing how much garbage there was at the bottom of the ocean and i just kind of got this phrase in my mind no more dumping and you know the feeling behind it was we put so much garbage into our oceans the oceans cannot continue to take all this garbage in we need to really be more aware more conscious and do more. And and it's not necessarily to save the planet. It's to save ourselves, isn't it? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. And and so why is now, I mean, especially after the, you know, having been locked down and the pandemic and everything, I've grown to appreciate nature so much more. And I've seen like, as soon as we stop traveling, as soon as we stop doing the the destructive things that we do nature comes back there were whales spotted in the new york harbor there were dolphins spotted in the east river river it's amazing i mean i've seen uh there was a coyote found in central park i've seen tons of raccoons and all kinds of birds and animals why is it now so important for us to have this closer connection to the earth yeah well i mean i think continuing with you know what we were saying before like we we've, we've gone too far, right? We, we've, we've separated ourselves so far that we um, have forgotten that we are a part of nature and that we're an important and integral part of the ecosystem and we're needed. And, you know, I think that, um, 
you know, in this process of, of separating ourselves, we see nature as something, you know, outside of us, other than us, something we go interact with when, you know, we want to feel better <laughs> instead of something that, that we can have and be a part of all the time. And, you know, I think a lot of people like to say, you know, oh gosh, you know, if the earth didn't like humans anymore, or we just messed it up too much, um, she could just, you know, kick us all off you know, <laughs> the planet in, in one snap of the fingers. And I mean, it, sure, that's true. Um, but I don't think that that's the real intent because again, we're, we're needed to be a part of the ecosystem, but we need to come back into that. And I think, you know, if I, I think sometimes it, it feels too big or too much to feel like, mm. how do I solve the garbage problem in the ocean? Right? Like right. I'm just me doing my thing and I can make my choices, but you know, is it ever going to make a dent? And I think, you know, if we can start with just understanding, um, especially in this time that we're living in right now, how integral these connections are to our own personal health and well-being. And when we see that, and when we, um, can understand the importance of that and making those connections, then I think there's some light bulbs that start going off for people, right? And I think there's some connections that start being made of, um, of that importance. And seeing that, I think, as, as people, you know, stayed home and weren't, you know, weren't commuting and weren't doing these things, how fast nature um, just returns and comes back and how much we are, you know, push, literally pushing it away and pushing it out. And so, um, you know, kind of taking that, um, that perspective every day of like, what am I doing today to make those connections? How, um, you know, how can I be closer to nature, even if it's for 15 or 20 minutes a day? And when you do that, you you do, you start receiving those messages, you start receiving that healing energy, you start seeing things differently. And, and I think, you know, that's what's needed to make this next shift and to, you know, we, we kind of are in the midst of this dismantling that feels so frantic and overwhelming and painful. And, and it is in some ways, you know, that's if we want sure. to, to build and create something new, there are some things that will have to go away. And so um, I'm, I'm looking forward through this process of starting to see the things that are coming through and popping up of the new ideas and the new creations and the new ways that we can still live on the earth, but with the earth instead of, you know, pretending that that it doesn't exist and isn't critical and important to our everyday lives. Right. right. Now, uh, you know, when we talked about you kind of coming out, <laughs> you know, you're coming out about this stuff, <laughs> yes. you, know, you were kind of nervous in the beginning. Um, I'm curious, have you noticed a, a difference in terms of how people have reacted to your blog and your work over the last several years? Did, does it feel like people are more open and more interested in some of the things that you talk about than they were necessarily, you know, potentially back when? Yeah, absolutely. And I think even if people were open about it, they were more nervous or they didn't mm. want to kind of share their experiences what I have found certainly as the years go by is that even, even the biggest skeptics, right. Or the, the people that, uh, you know, really aren't sure about some of these weird things that I talk about, um, will also tell me that they know the name of the tree that's in their front yard, you know, or <laughs> <laughs> those types of things. And so I think it's becoming, um, more acceptable, more normal, um, 
And, and really that like, we're looking for it. We're searching for something because I think collectively um, we are sick. We are exhausted. We are moving too fast. As you were saying at, at the beginning of the show, like there um, and, and we're burned out and we're exhausted and we we're kind of out of options in some cases, right? Like we just, yeah. we don't know what to do next. And so in doing that, we're finding the wisdom that's available, right? It's, it's right there. It's all around us. It's right outside our door. It's outside our window. Um, and all we have to do is kind of acknowledge it and start making those connections. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's really, I mean, to me, I'm just looking at like how much extreme weather we're experiencing these days from, you know, the droughts in the West, the floods in the East, the, 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 there's just so much the extreme temperatures you know the you know we're experiencing you know uh, warm temperature like record breaking heat every single year like every year we hear about it, it's like the hottest year on record you know the the ice caps are melting and while uh, the, you know, the, I know there's arguments, well, this is just natural geological cycle versus whether this is man-made or not. But regardless, I always feel that, you know, the kinds of things we talk about in terms of how to prevent things from getting worse are things we should be doing regardless. Like, <laughs> even if there wasn't this problem with climate change, we shouldn't be polluting more in the environment. We shouldn't be putting more CO2 into the air. We shouldn't be, you know, dumping toxic chemicals into the environment. So I'm curious, like, what can people do? As you mentioned before, like, hey, I'm just me doing my own little thing. Are there some basic, you know, short little things, you know, we just got a couple of minutes left, but some, some little things that you, advice you can give our audience of what they can do to, to help or to be a little more aware, aware of this? Yeah, I mean, you know, the weather is a conscious being all in of itself, um, but it is also responding to what is going on and what and and you know, like it or not, there's a whole lot of people who are consciously working with the weather, whether they're, you know, seeding clouds or um, doing things. And, and what we see are catastrophic, um, you know, results in other places, because we can't say, oh, we want it to rain here, um, and not think that that doesn't affect somewhere else. This is the perspective of, you know, living globally, <laughs> not just specifically, right. you know, where we're at. Um, and so, you know, I've been encouraging people this summer, especially I live somewhere where, you know, ash has been falling from the sky for months and it's, it's been smoky really? and, and horrible. And, and some of that is normal, but not all of it and not the intensity of it, uh, you know, these wildfires that we've been seeing. And so, um, really I've been encouraging people to, um, you know, really feel into your ability to communicate with weather in that way and mm -hmm. um, really uh, consciously connect and ask like for the natural weather patterns to return and for um, really just sending your love, sending your energy, really, um, you know, connecting in in that way and not feeling helpless because we yeah. are very powerful beings, every single one of us. And we just have the idea that we can't uh, do all kinds of things <laughs> that yeah. we can do. And so, you know, just connect, connect with the clouds, connect with the sun, connect with the weather um, and, and send your love and just say that, you know, you are, would welcome the natural weather patterns to return in your mm. area. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's remember that we are creators and that our energy all contributes and that, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it may not seem like just sitting down and 
setting an intention or or saying a prayer or, or going into meditation with an intention may not feel like it's doing much, but we don't know. It could be doing quite a lot to help. So Amy, unfortunately, we're out of time. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. If people want to learn more about you, where can they go to find more about you? Uh, what do you offer to people if they're interested? Yeah, I uh, my website is followinghawks.com. Uh, so you can find me there. You can find my podcast there, which is called The Earth Keepers. And uh, yeah, and I there is a, um, a free uh, training with me that you can sign up for on my website that is oh, all about uh, communicating with the spirits of the land. Ah, wonderful, wonderful. So I'm putting that into the, the comment section of the Facebook Live, www.followinghawks.com plural that is hawks.com amy thank you so much i wish you all the best uh, on your travels and and i love the the work that you're doing and i hope that more and more people find you and and learn more about you and and just connect to nature in general so thank you yeah thanks for having me sam i appreciate it You're welcome. You're welcome. And thank you, my loyal listeners, for tuning in every week. And remember, if you missed any part of today's show, you can always catch the recording on talkradio.nyc or on all the podcasting platforms, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, Pandora, iHeartRadio. We're all over the place. Um, And we've got... uh, pretty big library i haven't gotten all of my episodes up because i've got over 500 episodes but i think i've gotten over 300 close to 400 episodes up so definitely take a look leave reviews share if you enjoyed this interview please share it with your friends don't keep us the best kept secret so thank you all for tuning in remember more great shows later this evening at 5 p.m it's frank about health and uh, 6 p.m., Planet Pakalolo. Tomorrow, we have all of our business-related shows, Philanthropy and Focus, Always Friday, and uh, The Entrepreneurial Web. And Monday, no live shows on talkradio.nyc. On Monday, it's Labor Day. We're taking the day off. Um, so we'll pick up our programming after the weekend on Tuesday. Thank you all for tuning in. We will talk to you next week. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc.
Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Inning. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. 